Hello and welcome to the She Reads Romance Books podcast, the ultimate show for romance book lovers looking for the best books worth reading. I'm your host, Leslie Murphy, and in each short episode, I share my favorite book list of recommendations so you know exactly what to add to your must-read list. Join me as I explore the romance genre and have fun collecting book boyfriends along the way, because life is better with a love story. Hello, readers. Welcome back to the She Reads Romance Books podcast, where I take my mission very seriously in helping you find the best books worth reading. Weeding out those books that just don't cut it and clearly identifying the books that absolutely deserve a spot on your TBR list. That's why I love putting these monthly reading wrap-up episodes together. But do you like them? I mean, I like them, but I'd love to hear if you do. If you find them helpful and like hearing about what books I pick up and read, definitely drop a review or share a comment on the blog because I want to know if I should keep them up or not. But they're so much fun and I have a lot to cover in today's episode. Today I'm talking about my January reads and I have to say it was a really great start to the new year. I had all the excitement of what's to come in regards to new releases for 2024 and I definitely dove into some of those this past month. But I also read some throwbacks and books I didn't get to in 2023 as well. So lots of variety in the books I'm talking about in today's episode. Let's dive in. My first book of the year was Fish Out of Water by Katie Ruggle. This was a new author to me, but I just had to read the story because the book summary made it sound like just a really fun, forced proximity, grumpy sunshine romance, and it absolutely was. Our heroine, Dahlia Weathersby, she receives an SOS text message from her sister, who went off on this solo hike into the woods, leaving Dahlia as the only person to try and locate her missing sister. But the city girl that she is, she's smart and realizes that she's going to need some help So she ropes in the local hermit and man a few words, Winston Dane, with just a little bit of blackmail. Honestly, this book was such a cute read because the main characters were so much fun. Most of the book is these two hiking out into the wilderness in the middle of winter with only Dahlia's constant chatter to keep them company besides the threat of bears and blizzard snowstorms. As I noted, this is my first book by Ruggle, and I was really impressed by the dialogue that she wrote for these two. I mean, Dahlia was hilarious. She never shut up, as Winston would say, but her comments and quirkiness and just random ramblings were so cute and charming and just kept me like turning page after page. It was no wonder that Winston fell for her in just a few few days. So yes, this is kind of a insta-lust, insta-love book, but it was, again, totally worth it, and I could totally see why he fell hard. So Winston, on the other hand, he was this like quiet hermit, right, who had a strong right eyebrow that would rise with every funny or ridiculous thing that came out of Dahlia's mouth. I just thought their banter was hilarious, and that's really what drove 
my interest in this book. But there's also definitely a little bit of suspense, you know, surrounding her sister, but in a kind of quirky way, if you will. But the ending was really, you know, quite the rescue. So if you're looking for a book with great characterization, a fun romantic suspense without any really crazy drama, I would highly recommend Fish Out of Water on your TBR list for this year. Super cute. I will definitely be checking out more by Katie Ruggle as we go forward. Okay, one down. Here we go. The next read is by another author I had never read before. And this book definitely won't be my last of hers either. It was Heartless Hunter by Kristen Cicerelli. Heartless Hunter made my list of most anticipated romance books of 2024. And it totally delivered. I'm so glad I put it there because it met all my expectations. It releases this month, but I couldn't wait. Or it releases in February, which is when this episode will go live. But I couldn't wait to read my advanced reader copy because I am already on the hunt for what will be the standout romanticy book of the year. And Cicerelli's romance is definitely in the running already. The combination of enemies to lovers, sort of love triangle and romantic suspense all wrapped up into this amazing package made this a book that I couldn't put down. So the story is about our heroine, Rune, who lives in a world where witches are now hunted because of their powers. She lost her grandmother, who was a witch in a really devastating way, and so she now pretends to be this sort of ditzy socialite by day while masquerading as the mysterious crimson moth at night who saves captured witches and sherries them off to safety with the help of her girlfriend Verity and best boyfriend Alex. So she, at this point, was really desperate to find one witch in particular, a friend of her grandmother's, who was captured by the royal guard. In an attempt to find the location where they were holding the witch captive before her execution, Rune realizes that she needs to get close to Alex's older brother, Gideon, who is a high-ranking royal guard. Meanwhile, Gideon, he's been chasing after the Crimson Moth for two years and was really desperate to find her because he has this vendetta against witches, and you'll sort of learn why in the book. So he starts to suspect Rune, so he decides to court her to see if he can flush her out and uncover her true identity. So as I said, this book was a great sort of enemies to lovers angle, but you could see how much they really started to like one another, even though Rune and Gideon were both hiding something from each other during this, you know, quasi-fake courtship. The pacing was really well done with some oh my god moments near the end that will just have you ready and waiting for this next book in the series. This one, however, really felt like a full story, but it does end on like a, I wouldn't say a cliffhanger, but sort of like a note that tells you, okay, the story is still continuing because it's left unfinished. So I highly recommend checking out Heartless Hunter this month by Kristen Cicerelli. 
Now, leaving fantasy romance, I decided to dive into Chloe Lisi's book next, the final book in her popular Bergman Brothers series, which is Only and Forever, and it releases later this year in April. So there are a total of seven books in the Bergman series, and this was my third read of the series. I loved Always Only You, book two in the series, which is Ren and Frankie's romance, as well as book five, Everything for You, which is Oliver and Gavin's story. I can say that for all of these books, they can absolutely be read as a standalone. So if you've never even heard of the Bergman series or read a book, you can absolutely read Only and Forever. But of course, as the seventh and final book, this does mention all the other characters and gives a really good send-off to the entire Bergman clan, but I really enjoyed it without reading all of the prior books in the series. But this book is Vigo's story. He is a hopeless romantic, so he already, gosh, earned a spot in my heart from the get-go, and he's just really weary of waiting for his own happily ever after when he's had to watch all of his siblings find their other halves. But his chaotic life has made finding his forever love seem pretty improbable because the man opens a romance bookstore all by himself and while launching that store decides to coach a little kid's soccer team and adopt five kittens and two dogs. I mean, the man is straight up crazy, but crazy with such a big heart, which is why he ends up making this pact with someone from his past that re-emerges, the big sister of his little sister's best friend, and that person is Tallulah Clark. So Tallulah is the author who, or is an author, who has a best-selling thriller, but she's struggling with some severe writer's block for her second novel that's featuring a couple. She just can't seem to write the chemistry between her characters, So her deal with Vigo is that she will give him necessary help in his bookstore while he helps her add some romance and chemistry between her characters in her book. Oh, and she happens to move in with him and his apartment at the same time. So definitely some forced proximity action going on. So I found this to be one of those romance books that just makes you smile the entire time you're reading it. Both Tallulah and Vigo have their struggles, though. He has ADHD, and she has some serious baggage from her childhood that really doesn't have her understanding or believing in love. But they have this completely obvious attraction and connection. They are gentle with one another and help each other really work through those struggles and come to acknowledge each other that they are the other's you know, perfect match, if you will. You get great mental health representation, definitely some steamy times and some really sweet fun times, and two really wonderful characters with an adorable story. I enjoyed it and definitely recommend it for your TBR list to check out when it releases this coming April. Okay, my next book I talked about in one of my recent podcast episodes about the best love triangle romance books because after reading it, I just had to talk about it 
but I will rehash it here if you didn't catch that episode, but you should circle back to it for sure if you love love triangle romance books. But the book that I read was One is a Promise by Pam Goodwin. But I soon followed that book with the next in the trilogy, Two is a Lie, followed immediately with the third book, Three is a War. I was truly and completely in a Pam Goodwin trance for three days because I just binge read this entire series. It was so good. In One is a Promise, we meet the main characters. First is our heroine, Danny, who is a belly dancer, which I thought was really cool, who after, honestly, hands down, the best, best meet cute I think I have ever read or in a really long time, but it was so incredible, incredibly different and cute and hot. So she has this awesome meet cute and falls for Cole with just one look. Cole is this hot stud on a motorcycle and he ends up moving in with Danny within a month and he proposes before he has to leave for a job that sends him overseas on an oil rig for an entire year. The only kicker is he doesn't return and instead of reuniting with him on her wedding day, she's met with a man who comes to her doorstep saying that he's gone. So, of course, her heart is severed and it takes her years to only begin to heal her heart when she's approached by this alpha in a suit to come work at this casino and dance in the restaurant that he's opening there. She can't refuse the money and hence starts to fall into love again and slowly opening her heart to this guy who made her feel things that she hadn't felt since Cole. Speaking about the entire series in all three books, this honestly is one of those love triangles that rips your heart out because you love both men and totally feel for the heroine who is faced with the impossible choice. I was really hoping that they'd find an arrangement where all three could be together, but spoiler, it doesn't happen. If you love love triangles, then it's definitely a no-brainer that you have to read this series, even if it's not your first choice, which Honestly, it's not mine necessarily because I can't take the intensity sometimes. I would still highly recommend this one. It's just fabulous. Simply fabulous and a throwback series, which was different from the three new releases that I had started the year with. Okay, hopefully I convinced you on those three books, but moving on to my next book, is another one from my most anticipated romance book list of 2024, but missed the mark for me, and that is Expiration Dates by Rebecca Searle. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. And that book releases this coming March. Now, this is my first book by this author, but I have seen her other popular work, so I wanted to give it a go since I absolutely loved the premise of the book. But I was really disappointed, not going to lie. So what's it about? Well, Daphne Bell, upon meeting a new man, she receives a slip of paper with his name and a number on it, the exact amount of time that they will be together. So these are her, you know expiration notes that she gets whenever she meets her new someone. Then finally, the night of a blind date, there's only a name, Jake and no expiration date. 
But as Jake and Daphne's story unfolds, Daphne finds herself doubting the paper's prediction and wrestling with what it means to be both committed and truthful in her relationships. So I thought that sounded really cool, right? The aspects of the notes with timeframes for her relationships is such, I don't know, neat concept. But that uniqueness, for me at least, just didn't really come across the page or redeem the sort of lackluster story for me. Instead, I honestly found myself skimming most of the book to try and get through it. While the flashbacks to her romantic relationships were a really good hook to use in the stories, they were kind of overshadowed by all this extra prose that sort of distracted from the point that I assumed she was trying to make with them that just got lost for me. Jake and Daphne had zero, zero chemistry, so I just started skipping their parts altogether. And then something at the end gets thrown into the mix, and I was just sort of like, why? I don't get it. So I honestly would say borrow this from the library if you're kind of curious about it, but but unfortunately, it didn't meet my expectations, so that was kind of a bummer. My next read was Eyes on Me by Sarah Kate. Again, my first by this author, which now looking back on my list, I actually tried a lot of new authors to me this month. So yay. I kept hearing a lot about Kate's salacious Players Club series that focuses on a different kink in each book. And I was pumped to read this one, book two in the series, because it is about a voyeur. So Garrett is our hero. He is one of four owners of the Salacious Players Club, and he likes to watch. Then one day, he stumbles upon this app and starts anonymously watching a cam girl who, dun-dun-dun, turns out to be his stepsister, the person that he constantly butts heads with and who he can't now stop watching and secretly opening up to going forward on the app. So again, I picked this up because I wanted a voyeurism book. And yes, he watches watches her on the app a few times, but there really wasn't a lot of voyeurism to the book, if I'm being honest. She has some exhibition tendencies, but even that, I think, to me was pretty mild. So kind of from the start, I was like, huh, okay, not really what I was expecting. And I was actually fine with the taboo aspect of him feeling attracted to his stepsister all of a sudden. But even that honestly seemed kind of tame for what I thought this series was going to bring. I didn't rate it super high. I was kind of expected better better writing and story and character development with all the popularity. So yeah, that was me for Eyes on Me. The next book that I dove into, I was my selection for the January Romance Book Reading Challenge, which that challenge prompt was to read one book from 2023 that you didn't get to last year but wanted to read. And so my pick was The Good Girl by Nikki Sloan. This is the fifth and final book in her Nashville Neighborhood series, which is a bunch of taboo romance books where everyone has this connection of living in the same Nashville neighborhood. This book was also the steamy read that I picked to talk about with Becky on her podcast, Too Stupid to Live, which 
that podcast is fantastic. If you haven't yet followed it, you have to check out the episode where we pick apart this book because we had so much fun and had just a really, really great conversation. I'll include the link below so you can take a listen to that. She's amazing. It was such a fun opportunity. I can't wait to go back on the show again if she'll have me. It was just a blast. And honestly, you know, being on that podcast really got me thinking about, again, putting it on my to-do list about starting up a romance book club where we can dive into one book and talk all about the things that we love about it or maybe didn't love about it in the things that it made us sort of think about or ponder about. So those wheels are definitely turning in my head. So stay tuned to how that may transpire or let me know if you have any ideas because it was really cool just to sort of take a deep dive into this book with her. Funnily enough, though, initially when I read the book, I was kind of still down in the dumps after reading the last two books that I mentioned and just didn't that didn't meet my expectations. So I wasn't really enjoying it. So I just stopped reading it, you know, at a certain point because I didn't feel like I was being fair to this book. So I gave it some time, you know, cleansed my palate, cleared my head, and then circled back. And I'm so glad I did because it just turned out then to be just a fun, steamy read, which is what I assumed it was going to be for me, right? I took like four pages of notes on the book just so that I'd be prepared for the podcast episode because that's the kind of nerd that I am. But doing so really made me see a lot of different plot points and connections and repeated elements that I may have normally sort of grazed over, but this time was able to sort of appreciate maybe a little bit more reading this book. So it is a brother's best friend romance, which I guess for the series makes it a little bit taboo, but if you read any of the other books in the series, this book finally gives you Preston's story. He is one of the main characters in the first book, The Doctor, where Preston and his girlfriend Cassidy break up and Cassidy begins dating his father, the doctor. And you definitely get a little bit more of Cassidy and Preston's father in this book, but I hadn't read it and I didn't feel like I was lost at all. If anything, it makes me just want to go back and read that one now, which I think I will definitely at some point. This book also features Preston's best friend, Colin, whose story you get in The Frat Boy, which was book three in this series. And I've got to tell you, that book was super hot, super steamy, <laughs> because it is about Colin and his girlfriend, Madison, who start out as enemies in college. He was in, this, <clears throat> he was in a fraternity, and she was in a sorority, and they both get kind of kicked out of their houses because of this squirmish, and they end up becoming adult film stars together. You know, long story short about that book. But in The Good Girl, Preston has this instant connection to Sydney, Colin's younger sister, when he sees her at his college graduation party. She's always had a crush on him and confesses it to him, but he's like, I don't date and you're too much of a good girl for me. Well, fast forward a year when they run into each other again, when Sydney is having this big argument with her mother. And she realizes she no longer wants to be a good girl because what good has it ever gotten her so far? So she ropes in Preston to help give her lessons to become a bad girl, including taking her virginity. I'll say, you know, this is definitely just your stereotypical brother's best friend romance, right? Where the best friend is like 
you're not good enough for my sister. And the sister is the good girl virgin, you know, so there you go. But if you like steamy sex scenes, lots of references to him calling her a good girl or her claiming to want to be a bad girl, or if you like dirty talk, then definitely read it as a standalone or just go and binge read the entire series. It was just a really fun, good steamy read. So definitely glad I read it for the challenge pick and just got to fit it in for this month's reading list. The next book is in a microtrope that I'm starting to check out, which is a or which is the reverse harem hockey romance books. These just seem to be sprouting up everywhere. And while I didn't like a popular one from last year, I really enjoyed the one I read this month, which is Best Friends Never Kiss by Krista Wolf. For this story, I'm kind of jealous of the heroine. I'm not going to lie. She has three hot best friends who play hockey, and they're all just super nice and super awesome with her. They've only ever been friends because Tyler, who was has been her best friend since childhood, who lived next door, he's had a girlfriend until very recently. Axel is this hot hockey prodigy who's always surrounded by puck bunnies and then Zane was sort of the brooding goalie. Ariana has been trying to go out on dates but totally crashing and burning and after one particular bad date her friends are like well why don't you go out on dates with us and we can help you. Well of course you know one thing leads to another and she ends up hooking up with each of them and the rest is history. I rated it three stars because I thought it was really well written compared to a lot of reverse harem books I've read. And the story is good. It's an enjoyable, you know, friends to lovers book with just enough steam in it. It, I felt like it could have been a really great book, but the author didn't have sort of the best segues into how Ariana first sleeps with each of the guys. They, I thought they could have been easily so much better, but it was still just a really great, fun book. I'm glad I read it and I do recommend it if you like reverse harem or why choose romance books the last book that i picked up for this month gosh we're already at the end here was twisted lies by anna huang this is the fourth book in her twisted love series ironically enough i have not read book one twisted love but i did enjoy book two twisted games and i loved twisted hate book three which was the sort of enemies to lovers story. I picked up this one because I was in the mood for a morally gray character and Christian Harper totally fit the bill for that. And I'm so glad I read this. And I'm definitely going to be putting together a morally gray character list with him on it. So that is coming. You get a bit of a lead into Christian and Stella's story in Twisted Hate, not going to lie, because she moves into his apartment building in that book. But again, I think you could definitely pick this up as a standalone read. So again, it's about Stella Alonzo, who is an influencer who doesn't quite live up to her family's expectations in terms of her career choice, but she busts it, you know, between her two jobs while neglecting her true dream of being a fashion designer. She has zero time for a relationship, but she keeps running into Christian, 
the hottie in a suit who just oozes control and always gets what he wants. And you find out pretty quickly that he's, you know, obsessed with Stella. She's quite comfortable or sort of uncomfortable, I should say, in the man's presence and yet feels totally drawn to him at the same time, like recognizing like he's this total alpha and I'm not sure if I'm going to get burned if I get close to him. So when she is up for a big brand contract, she realizes that a boyfriend, even a fake boyfriend, could earn her some major followers and seal the deal. So Christian ended up volunteering for the job as her fake boyfriend. And then as another part of the story, when she has a stalker and when that stalker sort of reappears in her life, it becomes even more important for Stella to get closer to Christian. Now, this book is told from both points of view, which I thought was really wonderful because I loved getting inside Christian's head. They have such good chemistry together, but the book isn't called Twisted Lies for Nothing. I'll just leave it at that. But I enjoyed it and I read it with my Kindle Unlimited subscription. So definitely add it to your KU library if you have one, because I thought it was a really, really great book. Okay, wow, what a month of reading now that I've been reflecting on everything. But before I end this episode, I wanted to highlight a few things. We are entering the month of February. So if you're following along with me with the annual Romance Book Reading Challenge, remember that this month's challenge is to read either one spicy romance book or a romance novella. It's a short month, so if you're short on time, you can definitely grab a novella. And I have a list of Valentine's Day-themed novellas on the blog that you should check out. If you need help picking a spicy romance book, you can check out my list of spicy romances um, on the blog, or you can listen to some of my earlier episodes on the podcast, such as episode eight, where I share my list of best kinky romance books, or episode 10 that has romance books with the best hot hotel sex, or another fun one, of course, is my recent episode 32 on erotic romance books for the virgin reader. All of these are definitely a great place to start to help you make a selection. Also, remember that my Facebook group is now live. Yay! And I'd love it if you join me in the She Reads Romance Books Reader Lounge, where you'll connect with other romance book lovers to ask for and share recommendations, gush over your favorite book quotes and book boyfriends, and just have fun talking books. I really hope to see you there. I will include a link to the group in the show notes below so that you can easily join. And that is it. Thanks as always for tuning in to today's episode. Don't forget to show some love and leave a rating. But until next time, happy reading because life is better with a love story. That's all for this episode of the She Reads Romance Books podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and found some new books to add to your TBR list. If you did, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast app. It really helps me reach more romance book lovers like you, and I appreciate your support. If you're a book boyfriend collector like me, then you'll want to join my email list so you never miss a podcast episode or a new book list. Just visit shereadsromancebooks.com slash join and sign up today. 
As a thank you, I'll instantly send you my list of top 10 book boyfriends that will make you swoon. Trust me, you don't want to miss this list. Thank you for listening, and until next time, happy reading.